if you are a conservative living in Tennessee and you really have a handle on what's going on in Washington, D.C., but you're not quite sure about what just went on in Nashville, Tennessee, you are in the right place. I'm Brandon Lewis with the Tennessee Conservative News. We are the volunteer state's largest and only conservative news alternative that is 100% focused on what happens within our state's borders. If you are a junkie who listens to this program because no one else is bringing you these stories, please share it anywhere on social media. Forward it to your friends. Text message links to our podcast. You can find us on uh, all the free speech platforms where we actually have a decent amount of reach, like Twitter, Gab, Getter, Truth, Parlor, Rumble, and MeWe. If you are only following us on Facebook, please do shift uh, to Twitter, where they have not uh, yet kiboshed us completely for our conservative views. Before we get into stories about Tennessee Democrats being expelled, before we get into stories about uh, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee indicating he would love to support some red flag laws, uh, or teachers and staffs, uh, uh, members in Tennessee government schools maybe being able to protect the kids, but not until next year, uh, we're going to talk about how party chairs in Tennessee uh, will have the power to certify presidential candidates. Uh, according to this recent legislation, a new law that would protect uh, minors from sexualized performances may or may not uh, be enacted because of a court's block. Uh, we're going to look at Tennessee Senate protecting the rights of uh, teachers uh, to use biological pronouns, not whatever they make up that morning. And finally, Tennessee's unborn children would be protected for another year. Now listen, I just got back from a trip with the kids to the Blue Ridge Mountain and my beautiful wife, uh, for spring break. So some of these stories I'm going to be reading today, just like you would be reading them, because when I went on vacation uh, this last week and we just got in last night, I really went on vacation. So if you have tried to text me, uh, email me, etc., and I've not gotten back to you, that is why. Uh, here's a little thing to put on your calendar before we get into the stories. July 21st and 22nd will be the third annual Tennessee Freedom Summit. Uh, this year we are going to be doing a pre-day on July 21st, where we are going to do a candidate training. Uh, many of you may know that I used to work in uh, federal races at the U.S. Senate, U.S. House, state and local level, and uh, it really just pains me to see people lose elections because they do not understand the mechanics uh, of running an election. There are distinct parts, and I'm a business coach by trade, and everything is about processes, and so if you will please uh, put July 21st and 22nd on your calendar and plan to attend. Let's get into the mailbag here. We've only got one note because I don't know that I necessarily went through the mail as well as I should when I went to the office yesterday. I kind of went through the mail, picked something out, and there may be some extra uh, old mail coming next week. But for now, we've got this with a post-it note that came in. Uh, thank you for your faithful endeavor to speak truth and hold elected officials accountable. What I think says is uh, Gary Lee. Could be Jerry Lee. I can't tell if that is a G or an S or what that is. But thank you very much from Columbia. I appreciate you. Let's get right into the stories. This is interesting to me. Two Tennessee Democrats are expelled from House offices uh, and one is spared. What is it? Uh, was it all worth it? It's a good question. After a nearly 11-hour session on the House floor, Two Democrats, Justin Jones Justin Pearson, were expelled from their seats as representatives of their districts, and only Gloria Johnson remained. Events on March 30th, when Jones, Johnson, and Pearson made their way up to the well in front of the House floor, 
and began to lead activists gathered in the gallery in chants of protest against gun violence and call for stricter gun control laws led to the expulsion uh, resolutions being brought against them, meaning they held up the business. Uh, you can't hold up the business of any um, governing body by not following the rules. If you did, at any point in time, something was happening that you didn't like, you could just stop it indefinitely, right? Both Jones and Johnson were removed from their committee appointments on Tuesday. Pearson uh, was not serving on any committees. Justin Jones was removed from his seat with a vote of 72 A's to 25 nays. Justin Pearson uh, was removed from his seat by a vote of 69 A's and 26 no's. Representative Johnson defended herself by pointing out that while she did move to the well without being recognized, the resolution brought against her indicated that her actions for which her colleagues were being expelled were not those that were committed by herself, but only Jones and Pearson. A vote was taken, and she was spared by just one vote in her favor, with the A's at 65 and the nays at 30. Oh, I would have loved to have seen that lady go somewhere else, but, you know, she is very entertaining. I'll give her that. And she represents everything that uh, is wrong with a view that a politician could have, and she articulates it so forcefully. It's a great example and a reminder of what's knocking on our door here in Tennessee if we are not alert and careful. And many of these things uh, knocking on the door, not from the left, but from the right. A tweet from Mayor John Cooper indicates that Nashville City Council will likely send Justin Jones back to his seat. Uh, and sources in Memphis indicate that Pearson is also meeting with attorneys in an attempt to restore him to his former seat as well. So after all the upheaval past week, the so-called Tennessee Three will very possibly be back where they started and with a license to behave however they like due to House rules stating that no member can be expelled twice for the same violation. Well, that's interesting. Next story. Governor Lee indicates he would support some sort of a red flag law in Tennessee, Governor Lee said, I think something we can all agree on is that a person who is a threat to themselves or a threat to others should not have access to weapons. This statement uh, is almost verbatim of the intent of a red flag law. However, Lee also indicated that he has a keen interest in protecting the constitutional rights of Tennesseans. Bill Lee ran all over uh, the constitutional rights of Tennesseans for two and a half years during the pandemic for federal and corporate money. <laughs> Yeah, expecting Bill Lee to protect your constitutional rights is like going to a whorehouse and looking for virtue. You, you just ain't going to find it. Uh, I don't believe anything this man says after his performance. I just don't. Including the persons who would be affected by whatever laws are put forth, Lee stated that he anticipates that over the next few weeks, the administration and the legislature will be looking at legislation already in place around the country to find a solution to handle this, quote, the right way. The government can't keep, teach our kids to read, write, and do arithmetic. They can't pave the streets. They can't protect small businesses against behemoth corporate welfare recipients who want to run them out of business. They can't do anything about illegal immigration. I, I just don't trust the government, especially Tennessee's government or any government, to be deciding who and who can't keep firearms. I have watched them uh, mechanize and use uh, things like the House, um, not the House, but rather the State Election Board, uh, Finance Election Board, to target political enemies since I've been doing this. I just don't trust them. They're, they're very uh, untransparent. 
A lot of them are in bed with lobbyists figuratively and financially. And it's just not, I just don't trust the government to do this. A reporter asked Lee that if he decided to go the red flag law route and receive pushback from gun advocate groups like NRA, what would be his response? I mean, the guy's on, he's on borrowed time at this point. He can do whatever he wants to. Lee sidestepped the question by saying the term red flag law means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I'm looking for answers to separate dangerous people from firearms and protect constitutional rights. It's very important that we do that. However, uh, what it's called, it should uh, what it should accomplish. Here's the thing. If you tell somebody who's intent on murdering small children who are completely innocent that they can't have a gun we've already told them they can't trespass and they can't murder i just don't it just seems like more of a a chance to take gun rights away from law-abiding citizens i see it moving more in that direction than anywhere else in addition, the governor and other uh, Republican leaders introduced measures that Lee said are meant to enhance current legislation by funding what will enable the state to cover the resources needed to put an armed guard in every public school, enhance the security of school buildings themselves, uh, and additional funds for mental health support for students and staff in schools. The governor's budget included $30 million uh, dollars for 122 homeland security agents to serve at both public and private schools in every county in the state. We will see how that goes. We will see how that goes. I don't know. It's about like the third grade retention law. Republicans uh, rightly put a third grade retention law in place, which basically said, man, if you're not reading by third grade and only about a third of our kids can at the level they need to be, we're going to hold you so that we can do the right thing. Well, that was anticipating and hoping for uh, government schools to improve, and they haven't. And the only way that the government schools have been able to stay in business is to just shuffle through functionally illiterate kids, and that would put a wrench in that. And so what have they done? They've, they've tried to move heaven and earth to prevent uh, responsibility and accountability in those situations. And so I just don't trust – the government schools, even the simple stuff they're not doing too well at, I don't know how this is going to go. Guys, if you want to reach – uh, conservatives that are engaged uh, with advertising. Uh, we do live reads here. We have our fantastic newsletter with a uh, broad reach and wonderful open rates. And of course, we have lots of social media reach and uh, can even reach our subscribers via text message. So if you have a small business in Tennessee that you think uh, would fit with uh, God-fearing, uh, Constitution-loving patriots, you're in the right place uh, to email me, Brandon, at TennesseeConservativeNews.com. All right, next story. Bill to allow teachers and staff to conceal carry passes House committee process, but is deferred in the Senate till 2024. The Senate uh, is is like a bastion for old Southern Democrats. It's got an old Southern Democrat leading it, Randy McNally, and there are only a handful of conservative senators up there. Most of them are like, just to the right of your average Democrat in Tennessee, uh, maybe. And some of them probably aren't even to the right at all. They're just Democrats, but their district was drawn that way. So this is why stuff like this happens. A bill that would allow for school teachers and staff to conceal carry will be sent to the House floor for a vote. However, the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, the bill was deferred until January 23rd, 2024, meaning the legislation will not be allowed to pass the committee process in the Senate until next year. House Bill 1202, sponsored by Representative Ryan Williams, authorizes a 
faculty or staff member of a school to carry a concealed handgun on school gun ground subject to certain conditions, including obtaining an enhanced gun carry permit and compete in completing annual training. Representative Brian Ritchie, who voted in favor of the bill, said, What I like about HB 1202 is that it is 100% permissive. Each school principal and sheriff's department will have a say on every teacher that wants to carry along with multiple steps to allow this. The bill would serve as a bridge for the gap in law enforcement personnel, allowing for those who are the most capable without additional training to be uh, placed throughout schools in the state to serve until all schools are um, without an SRO or able to get one. I don't think that this is a solution to a number of SROs. I mean, it's great to have one, but you really do need, if you can have it, someone carrying in every classroom. Because, um, for example, you go to most of these large middle schools, kindergarten, I mean, the campuses are large. I mean, if you really wanted to go from one end of it to the other and find out what was going on, it would take you a long time to respond. But when you've got teachers that are willing I'm not saying that every teacher should do this, obviously, but if you've got teachers that are willing in every classroom to protect the kids with some form of weapon, the teacher stands a better chance, the students stand a better chance. It's just common sense. Joining House Democrats in voting no on the legislation included Republicans Charlie Baum, John Gillespie, and Mark White. Mark White is the picture of what is wrong with education in Tennessee. He's a Republican who has killed, deferred, shuffled his feet on every single solitary improvement that could be possibly made to education just about. The man is Cameron Sexton's hand-picked puppet for his views in the House, which tells you everything you need to know about Sexton. Sexton's thinking about running for governor at some point, and he is he's probably to the left a little of Lee, maybe right where Lee is. He's just another... He's just another corporate shill, and Mark White represents him as his pick on this committee. And these are the types of votes that Mark White, these are the kind of votes that Mark White uh, casts. There you have it. Kirk Haston was present at the meeting but chose not to vote. Very brave, Kirk. Those of you who have Kirk Haston, he's another terrible one. And this is another reason why so many of you, if you're considering running for office, need to be at this July 21st, uh, at least, maybe not the 22nd, but the July 21st candidate training that we're going to be doing, uh, because this is just ridiculous. Uh, I'm going to be doing that through another organization, by the way, the Conservative Candidates Academy, which God knows will try to come get me if I, if I try to consult and own a paper at the same time. I'm sure they'll pass some kind of regulation. On with the story. The bill will be passed to the House floor, but was uh, tabled in the Senate Judiciary Committee until next year. Senator Gardenhire, who chairs that committee, previously stated that the committee would not consider any more gun-related bills until 2024. No information is yet available on Gardenhire's stance will affect any gun regulation or school safety initiatives spearheaded by Governor Lee. So this is kind of puzzling to me. If all this is such an emergency... Why aren't we doing anything about it? Answer is apparently it's not an emergency. Um, it's not an emergency. We would be doing something about it now. I mean, twelve months is a long time, or from now to January, for nothing to be in the schools that's any different than it is now, as far as protecting people. I mean, there's not really 
a way, in my opinion. I mean, you can deter some people from breaking into a school, but as long as there are windows <laughs> and as long as somebody is a little bit devious or sneaky, there's not much you can do uh, to keep a clever person who is uh, committed to getting into these schools. And so, to me, um, what was it that uh, George S. Patton said? He said, fixed fortifications are monuments to the stupidity of man. He said, fixed, uh, I think he said this, fixed fortifications are monuments to the stupidity of man. And he, he knew that the only way to win a battle was to be on the offense. And we need our teachers to be on the offense in this respect. Next story, bill to give party chairs the power to certify presidential candidates in Tennessee, according to bona fide standard moves to the floor. In a House local government committee, a bill that would transfer a power never wielded before by a state political party chair certifying the party's candidate for president was passed by a practically unanimous vote. During the presentation, Representative Tim Rudd conveyed that the bill was sent down on behalf of Secretary of State Trey Hargett's office. There was little question and answer during the presentation, and no questions were presented about whether or not it's a good idea to give so much power to a state uh, political party chair. This is another puzzling thing. We could not get it through to stop Democrats from voting in Republican primaries because of people like John Crawford. Something that, like, if you if you were to ask people this question in a survey, I don't know that you would get 90% with Scott Golden being the chair. But you would get, like, 95-plus percent of Republicans don't want Democrats voting in primaries. And it just goes to show that, like, they have no interest in the legislature and listening to the will of their constituents back home. It's about the corporate welfare. It's about the the PAC welfare. It's the lobbyist money. It's all that stuff. The things that get passed up there are rarely what anybody wants, and they are seldom anything that will fix a problem. They're usually for grabbing headlines or for filling somebody's pocket with taxpayer dollars. In recent weeks, there's been much upheaval within the county GOP's reorganization efforts all across the state due to the abuse of bylaws within the party. And boy, I've seen this firsthand. Our little Tennessee Republican Party is pretty damn corrupt. From what I've seen, it is not clear, it is not transparent, it is not easy to understand. They don't treat the same, they don't treat everybody equally. I mean, it's very corrupt. It's very corrupt. From what I have seen, I don't see anything that points to even-handedness or uh, standing by the party platform. It's just all very dirty and political and corrupt. Now, there are some local parties full of great people that are doing good things. But the the state apparatus with Scott Golden at the head is just not... It is not very... Uh, it does not inspire me to ever tell a young person or anyone that the way they can make a political difference is to get involved in the Tennessee Republican Party, which is a shame because it should be one of the first stops people take. All of these actions will back backing up here. The lack of objective standards is creating an opportunity for those who wish to disadvantage any formidable competition for leadership within those county organizations, and that's exactly what they do. If you're a truly a conservative and not a rhino, they try to find different ways to disqualify you. Very subjective. Scott Golden just like looks at you, and if he doesn't want you, he just says, you're not coming in. That's what we got. And they voted for him again, and which just goes to show you that's what we got on the SEC. 
All of these actions are based uh, around the rules that define bona fide st- status, which is a requirement that must be met in order to run uh, for a seat or vote for a candidate at the party level. Uh, this bill would use those same subjective, very subjective standards and allow the application to a presidential candidate. This is problematic because the presidential candidates are, are typically from out of state and thus measuring whether or not the candidate would meet the Tennessee considers, uh, what Tennessee rather considers bona fide would be totally arbitrary. It would be. I mean, if you actually use the standards that are there presently, like Donald Trump is not actively involved in the Tennessee Republican Party. I doubt he's given any money to the Tennessee Republican Party. I doubt that he has voted in three out of the last four primaries in Tennessee. So it's a little bit ridiculous, unless they're going to change the bylaws, which they've already gotten a, a billion complaints about how subjective they are. Uh, and it really just comes down to the whim and the vote of the SEC. Like, the bylaws are beside the point. And I don't even know that, that them being there matters much, because the SEC can vote you up or down whether you do or do not meet the bylaw requirements. And they, there are even, you know, there are stipulations in the bylaws that, that say that the three out of four uh, voting in the primaries doesn't have to be within the state. I mean, there's like a footnote explaining that, but they use it the other way anyway. So the bylaws are meaningless, at least from what I have seen. The bona fide status uh, issue is the result of a lack of closed primaries in Tennessee, an issue that nearly always benefits the establishment Republicans since more often than not, they are the folks who generally benefit from crossover voting of disaffected Democrats who don't have a candidate in the race but want to make sure the least conservative candidate is the one that prevails. And that's how you get people like Mark White, John Crawford. That's how you get those folks. Open primaries. Guys, listen. We need your help here at the Tennessee Conservative News. All right? Here's why. Republicans often ask why we don't have conservative news outlets. It's because conservatives are so fearful of supporting them financially and getting out there and letting their face be seen. We're pretty cowardly as conservatives overall about our beliefs and being outspoken in them, like in our circles, in our church, in our place of work, because the culture is drifting further and further left. It goes double for Christians further and further away uh, from what the gospel teaches. And so we're just afraid. And when you look at someone's calendar, and if you look at someone's bank account, and you can see that no money or time is going into conservative causes or organizations, you pretty much know that the talk and the walk don't match up. We are 100% grassroots funded. It is a handful of supporters that we have, uh, like Mill Creek, uh, view podcast, which you should check out my friend Steve, uh, and a, a few uh, supporters and some recurring donors. We make enough money to keep the lights on. I don't take a paycheck. So if you want to see our publication continue, if you want to see us thrive, please do go to tennesseeconservativenews.com slash support. And if you give any amount, any amount, you will get, and we're switching these up, so I've got to tell Jennifer, we just got these in. These are brand new, and only for those of you who watch the videos and uh, what, listen to the podcast, we've got this Stop Feeding the Rhinos bumper sticker. Brand new, Stop Feeding the Rhinos bumper sticker. And, of course, we'll throw in a Don't California My Tennessee bumper sticker if you give any amount. And I don't have a picture of the directory, but just pretend like this has stuff on it. We have a directory that we send you, and it... Uh, has all of your state rep and state senators' information on it, and we will send that to you, and uh, you will know 
what's going on. And if people are devious and doing things that they shouldn't, you can contact them. Not that they will always listen to you, but it does help on occasion. And we also have two things. If you give $50 or more, or if you give a recurring donation of $10 or more, we will send you this brand new, hot off the presses, first time announcing this, Stop Feeding the Rhinos. Can I get this in focus here? This Stop Feeding the Rhinos cup. Let me get out of the way. That's looking pretty good. It's not blurry in real life, I promise. We will send you this Stop Feeding the Rhinos uh, tumbler. And this is actually made, uh, and I hate to say this, we had to poach uh, several rhinos tusks. And uh, this is actually a, a truncated rhino's tusk here. Every one of these is made of, uh, of black uh, ivory. I don't, I don't really know what uh, tusks are made out of. But these are made of uh, hollowed out rhino tusks. And uh, they do imbue you with the power to maintain your conservative credentials because all of the rhinoing uh, happens uh, through the horn. I'm sorry, not a tusk, the horn on the front. And so that's what this is made out of. And this is made of, uh, of some kind of space-age polymer, this proud Tennessee conservative koozie, and that will keep your beverages hot and warm, I promise. So go to tennesseeconservativenews.com support. And if you like, if you're the type of person who still corresponds by mail, because we get lots of mail and we get lots of checks, uh, very small donations that add up to a significant amount, and occasionally we get some pretty big donations. People will send us a $1,000 check because they know that we're the only people doing this work in the state. And so if you want to see us here in perpetuity, and if you do not want us to be a flash in the pan, we need your long-time monthly commitment. You can also mail checks to 1523 East 27th Street, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37404. That address is up on the screen. Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37404, 1523 East 27th Street. Mail us your money. We will spend it on keeping our state red. Next story. New law protecting minors from sexualized performances blocked by a federal court. A uh, common-sense child safety bill that Governor Bill Lee signed into law has been blocked by a federal judge. While still in the legislature, Democratic lawmakers took issue with the language the bill contained and accused the bill's sponsor, Representative Chris Todd, of making it overly broad despite the language having been part of the Tennessee Code for decades. A U.S. District Judge Thomas Parker, a President Trump appointee, has issued a temporary injunction against the law, saying it is too vague and citing possible First Amendment rights violations. I can't believe anybody's even standing up for the First Amendment anymore. I thought that thing was in the dustbin of history. Friends of Georgia's anti-LGB gay, just gay. Friends of Georgia's, a gay theater company based out of Memphis, is suing Shelby County District Attorney Steve Mulroy and the state. Parker uh, made his decision to block the so-called anti-drag law after hearing from both sides last week. The law's aim was never to ban drag altogether. During the legislative process, Todd had to point out to lawmakers who opposed this bill that the language clearly showed that the intent was to protect children from sexualized entertainment. The temporary restraining order, um, just as the law was about to take effect, prohibits Governor Bill Lee, Attorney General Jonathan Scametti, and DA uh, Stephen Mulroy from enforcing the law that is now on the books. So we'll see how that court case plays out, and we will keep you abreast of the information. Next story. Tennessee Senate protects teachers' rights to use the student's biological pronouns. I've said this before, and I will continue to say it. When your government schools are so corrupt and so far afield from what Tennessee's parents really want their kids learning and not learning, they're not learning anything that is actually practical and helpful, but the things that are destructive they're picking up in the schools 
when you have to pass laws about stuff like this, and you have to ban racism in schools and everything else that comes along with it, it just goes to show you that government schools are a failed experiment in Tennessee, and it doesn't matter which party is in charge of them. They fail in the deep blue cities. They fail in, in, in red rural America compared to what we could get if we could just have our money back, which is what they really need to do. A bill that would protect public school employees from being forced to use students' preferred pronouns has passed the Tennessee Senate. Senator Paul Rose sponsored Senate Bill 466, which specifies that teachers and other employees of public school systems would not be required to refer to the students using their preferred pronouns if those pronouns do not match their biological sex. You don't have to call them they, them, it, shim, she-ra, whatever, he-man, she-woman, kitty, cat. You don't have to use any of that. You just call them as we have always called them. He, she, sir, ma'am. Very simple. The legislation would also protect those employees from civil liability or adverse actions if they use the pronoun that is consistent with the student's biological sex. When speaking on the bill, Rose stated that the bill would protect the First Amendment rights of teachers if they chose to establish a pronoun policy in their classrooms. He noted that the bill did not force teachers to create those policies but gave them permission to do so if they chose. Senator John Stevens stood up and supported the bill. He noted this would prevent teachers from having to lie and would protect the First Amendment rights to freedom of speech and religion. Democrat Senator Charlene Oliver argued that teachers' First Amendment rights should not override those of the student. In a roll call vote, the legislation passed with 25 A's and 7 no's. The only Republican senator voting against the legislation was Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally. The only reason he voted against that is because his conscience is probably guilty and he doesn't want to go out of office because the man's on his last leg. I mean, he he does not look to be in the best of health. That News 5 video that he did about him and the scantily clad young man on social media. The guy looks terrible. He is not with it. Um, but in government, often you know, whoever's there and whoever takes as much money for as long and whoever scratches as many backs and does whatever, we just we need new leadership desperately. We do not have a conservative we do not have a rock rib conservative at the top of leadership anywhere in Tennessee state government. They are confined to the basements. And um, one of the best ways to make sure that you never have any power or influence with the present setup of leadership in Tennessee is to do the bidding of corporations. And Randy McNally's the poster child of that stuff. Senator Art Swan was present but did not vote. These people that are present but don't vote it kills me. Cowardly. Cowardly. The companion House Bill 1269 was placed behind the budget on March 15. This does not necessarily mean that the legislation will not continue, however, although most bills that go behind the budget die. Some bills that are placed behind the budget can still become law if there is enough funding remaining in the governor's budget to cover the cost of the fiscal note that is tied to the bill. If the money is not found in the budget to cover the bill's projected fiscal note, the bill will have to be reintroduced next session which would be the third year in the row. Can't get it done. We got money for corporate welfare. We got billions for Titan Stadiums. We got all kinds of money. We, we're just tripping over it. We're handing it to people, lobbyists left and right. They're getting paid by these corporations. We're giving corporate welfare out in the millions and the billions, but when it comes to doing stuff like protecting free speech, 
when it comes to uh, to cleaning up the classrooms, when it comes to anything, closing primaries, making the elections more um, more ironclad. We, that money never, for whatever reason, ever shows up. But, buddy, we got money for corporate welfare out the yin-yang. We can give billions to Ford and the NFL and whoever else, but when it, a couple hundred thousand dollars, maybe a million or two, just ain't got it. Just ain't got it. All right, the good news segment. When I first started this gig almost three years ago this October, I thought I would be able to bring you some news. I thought that this two and a half years that we went through was some kind of uh, mania, that I thought it was uh, Republicans just maybe lost their footing for a while, but I've, I've, I've come to discover that they are not conservatively moored in any way, and they kind of just blow with the money. And just wherever the money goes, they just kind of blow around like they're very, you know, they they showed up without much conviction about conservative principles, and it's not gotten any better since they've been up there. But occasionally we get some good news, and this is the good news. But it's one of those good news stories um, that is basically, uh, the headline could be, and I'm going to give you the headline, it's the Tennessee's unborn children will be protected for another year. This story headline could almost be conservatives fight republic, you know, rhinos. Conservatives fight rhinos to a stalemate. Most of our biggest wins this session, all of our biggest wins this session, have been stopping bad legislation from rhinos. And it's not really been advancing good stuff from conservatives. All the good conservative bills got killed this year. Tennessee Right to Life is happy to report that the Human Life Protection Act stands strong after proposals dealing with changing the current law have been heard for this session. Pro-life Tennesseans let their voices be heard, and therefore the law will continue to protect the right of life of all born, uh, rather all unborn children in our state. The full Senate has passed SB 745, the companion bill to HB 883, which clarified that treatment for ectomic ectopic, there we go, ectopic pregnancy, molar pregnancy, or miscarriage are not violations of current Tennessee law and changed the affirmative defense to an exception for those items when the life of the mother is at risk and if there is risk of irreversible harm to a major bodily function. The legislation will not broaden the scope of the Human Life Protection Act and will not allow for more unborn children to be aborted in our state. The addition, uh, in addition, rather, to this victory, legislators also passed legislation that prohibits local governments from using tax dollars to fund the travel expenses of aborting children in other states. I'm glad they did that. It's a shame they had to. Both of these pro-life bills are now headed to the governor's desk for his signature. Besides the passage of pro-life measures, two bills and several pro-abortion amendments were defeated that would weaken Tennessee's law. Next year, it will be a new battle. But for now, Tennessee values are reflected in Tennessee law. So, I'm quite certain that the medical lobby, which runs Nashville, they're the strongest lobby up there, and they got people in their pocket left and right. Some people on the payroll, payroll, that quote-unquote work, get paid a lot to work very little uh, in the medical establishment, which are in many ways like lobbyists being sent up to Nashville, people that make their money in the medical trade, I mean, they're kind of like lobbyists, and they spend all their time with lobbyists, and their money comes from the lobbyists, and the money in their accounts comes from the medical establishment. Those people are going to be right up there again next year, 
trying to get abortion legalized or to punch enough holes into it where it's just symbolic. I mean, if it weren't for the Supreme Court passing in a very shocking way to most conservatives um, their recent ruling on abortion, we would have never had this. The only way that this law got put in in the first place with as many rhinos as we have in Tennessee was as uh, Senator Richard Briggs essentially said, well, he didn't ever think it would pass. That's why he voted for it. And that's why most Republicans voted for this abortion bill is because they never thought it would pass. And then it passed. And they're like, oh, crap. And then they started trying to basically turn it into a nothing burger. And all that got defeated. But, buddy, they're just a few thousand dollar checks, pack checks, away from bringing something up like this again next year. So we'll have to be careful. We'll have to be vigilant. And I will keep you informed. All right, guys. So that's what's going on. Do mark your calendars, July 21st and 22nd. We're going to be. Where's it going to be? We're going to be in Wilson County. I'll tell you more as uh, more details become available. But we'll be in Wilson County, which is uh, outside of Nashville. I try to do this thing in the center of the state. Um, I thought about doing it in Chattanooga, but Chattanooga's really not centralized. I mean, it's like on the far corner. It'd be about like doing it in Memphis. This way, most people should have no more than a two- or a three-hour drive uh, to get there at the most at the most, uh, and most people can get there a lot quicker. So do put that on your calendar, July 21st and 22nd. I will be sending you information so you can get tickets and come and join us for either the candidate training or you can join us for the Freedom Summit. I'm working through the details on that presently. So what's going on this weekend at the Old Lewis House, which I know is the only reason that anyone tunes into this. First off, um, we were gone, as I mentioned at the beginning of the program, uh, to Blue Ridge, Georgia. It's a place we like to go. And uh, hanging out with family uh, in a cabin with some family friends for the first part of the trip and then just me and the girls for the second part of the trip. And uh, we went to this outdoor adventure thing. I'll just tell you what we did and then I'll tell you what we're going to do. We went to this outdoor adventure park in Blue Ridge, Georgia where you strap on this guy wire thing through this intricate maze of cables and you climb like 75, 80 feet up in the air through three levels. And my little girl was phenomenal. She almost made it through the whole thing. This thing's something that takes like an hour and a half to get through. And it is scary. And you're on these little metal wires and you're going through obstacles all through. I saw uh, a grown man almost in tears get lowered down. Because it's scary. It was scary. I was like, I don't know about this. And it's blowing. The wind is blowing. If you were around this weekend, it's blowing like crazy. And there's a you know grown man in tears who's getting taken down. Like they have to attach him and like they have to carabine him down. Very embarrassing, I'm certain. Uh, another little girl in tears. Like it's just scary. Like you go up there. I mean, it's, it, it's probably perfectly safe. But when you're up way high and you're just on like a tightrope with a little wire that you're hanging and you're going through obstacles... It's real scary, but my daughter made it almost all the way through. She just, I think she just ran out of steam. She had like two or three little things left to do, and she's just like, I'm worn out. And I was like, I'm surprised you made it this far. And Daddy followed her the whole way, but I skipped the second level because I was like, you know what? I don't like this. I got blisters all over my hands. It was fun, but I don't know that I would do it again. Uh, But it was amazing to watch her do that, and that was lots of fun. Um... We stayed in a pretty neat little uh, community up there. I did a lot of walking, ate a lot of sausage balls, ate a lot of sausage balls, and uh, generally blew my diet. 
uh, up there, sat in the hot tub, watched the sunset. Uh, we did have, and this is interesting also, we had a bear uh, get into our trash, which was very much uh, not fun. Uh, and he was right there by the house with us, or she, uh, for a great while, which the kids enjoyed watching. Uh, apparently they built a bear box, but they didn't put latches on it. It was brand new built. And I, I called them after the first night. I said, y'all need to get you know, latches put here. And of course he got back in it again. Um, at any rate, but we did get, there was some bear sighting. There was some deer sighting. It was, it's lots of fun. So that's what I've been doing. And I've been out of town on spring break, enjoying that. Now, this weekend, uh, we're going to hang around the house and celebrate, uh, Easter, um, our Lord and Savior's risen up from the grave. And, uh, it's a fantastic weekend. So we're going to try to go to church service, um, early, and get there early. We're going to try to go tomorrow. Um, we're going to go to church service, and then we got the family coming in for Easter Sunday. And that's always a fun time around our house. I enjoy that holiday very much. Probably one of my favorite days of the year. Uh, very much like Thanksgiving. You just get together, and, and you know, in, in one case you're, you're giving thanks to God, in the other case you're celebrating um, the resurrection of Christ. And both are fun things to celebrate. So that's what we're doing around the house. Oh, we're going to clean out the warehouse on Saturday, tomorrow. So that's going to be a, a fun uh, affair of moving things around that probably should have been thrown away a decade ago. But we're getting to it. We're getting to it now. Getting to it now. Guys, I appreciate you. Uh, thanks so much for your support and your encouragement, all the work that you did during the session. We're going to continue to keep you informed right up until the very last moment that this puppy shuts down. And anytime you need to hear the truth or know the truth about what's really going on in our state, we're going to do our dead level best, given our limited uh, amount of reporters and uh, funding to bring that to you. And you can count on us for that. Brandon Lewis here with the Tennessee Conservative News. Love you, mean it. Until next time, I'm signing off. Take care.